Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. It's time to talk running and walking, right? But most importantly, we do it through a faith lens. And joining me for the adventure is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. I'm thinking the same thing everybody else out there is thinking. Where in the world did that come from? Woo-hoo. <laughs> you know, that's my thing. You're happy you're about to head to nationals, ain't you? Well. Cross-country nationals. It's, it's almost about time. to get a, get a plane ticket and go there, aren't you? Yeah, well, it's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Man, oh man, we're on episode 89 already. 89, Can you believe that's that? crazy. My it's, uh, it's been fun, though. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's been, um, you know, I feel like we've gotten, while we're not as good as most people who do this, we've gotten better. We were just talking, you know, some days we do the we do this podcast and we also do the, the marathon challenge video at the same time. And it's like the first time we did that, we were just exhausted and didn't know how you could, we could keep doing that and. We've got a system now. It's kind of like the first time we ever set up for a race. I'll never forget. You weren't with us then, but first time we set up for a race, it was eight full hours to set up for the race. We were still getting ready when packet pickup started. Now, two hours, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So there's there's a little bit of efficiency there. It's the consistency over time that we talk about. That's right. It just shows how much you can get done when you just chip away a little bit at a time. Yeah. And you just get better at things. And it's the same thing with running, isn't it? It is. Uh, Exactly the same thing. All right. So, uh, again, we're going to, we're going to keep talking about our sponsors. If you own a business out there and you want to support run for God, uh, financially and allow us to support your business, um, through us talking on this podcast and emails and things like that, send an email to run lane Hollis at gmail.com. Lane will get you all the information that you need to know about what that looks like and, and how you can partner with us. Uh, but today's sponsor is smile doctors orthodontics. You know, smile doctors orthodontics is the best choice for braces. Both of my boys, um, got their braces there. It's a fun, playful environment that takes all the stress out of braces the workers are very caring and work towards each patient's specific needs until they are complete. Your first consultation is free, and they will examine what exactly needs to be done for you personally. If you're interested in getting braces for you or your kids, find a local Smile Doctors to you now and get your free consultation. So thanks to all the team down there at Smile Doctors. Yeah, Lane had braces through them. Landon has them right now. Um, and, yeah, it's a pretty cool environment when you go in down there. They the one here in Dalton, they've actually got those, they're like $10,000, two of them, these big massage chairs. Yeah. And so, you know, moms and dads oh, wow. can go over there and sit in those. And, <laughs> you know, you see those cheesy ones in the mall sometimes, but these are like, these are really expensive ones, and they, they really do a good job. You know, every time I sit in one, I think, I'm going to buy one, and then I'll look up the price, and I think, no, nah, I don't need that. <laughs> I'll just keep going down to the orthodontist. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> How about a Facebook post? Here's one that uh, this is. This will be this will be a, a two or three weeks old by the time you hear this, but it's, it's still a good one. It's from Mary Pavluk Priolo, um, and if you'll 
if you're on the Facebook page, you know the name because mm-hmm. you've seen it a number of times before. And she counts it down yeah. as, she, as we're headed toward the marathon. I love that. She says 135 down, 36 to go. Well, oh, my great Gertie. <laughs> Hello, week four. I know I have said it before, but really there are no words. Oh, who am I kidding? Hashtag I'm a talker. I just completed a five mile run at nine ten pace, and t- and look at those splits. Say what? The final mile would have would have been negative two, but the last two tenths of a mile were up an incline. Hashtag not a hill workout, <laughs> y'all. We only have nine weeks left. Keep going. Keep pushing. Keep praying. We got this because we run for him. Hashtag all the glory belongs to you. Philippians 4.13. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. That's Colossians 3.23 and 24. Yeah, she's one of a few that does the countdown. Yeah. And I I like that. that, You know, that's that's a great way to keep focused. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. It's like having a it's like having a strike off list, isn't it? It's yeah, it's very it? same. You know, I'm all into that kind of stuff. Actually, it. we're doing a countdown right now. Most people listening to this podcast are members of Run Club, so they're not seeing them. But if if you're not a member of Run Club, you're actually getting <clears throat> blasted right now with emails. And so, if you don't like a lot of emails, I'm sorry. We do it for a reason. Um, the non Run Club members in our database right now are getting an email every day. And the, and the email is the countdown to the start of the 2022 <laughs> Couch to Marathon. And we do this. Let me just explain why we do this, because a few people have emailed us and said, what's with all the emails? Number one, I'm excited. Yeah. Number two, we know what this program can do for people. So if if they're not been part of the Marathon Challenge and they're not a part of Run Club, we know the benefit. We know vividly what the benefit is. And we know that persistence over time typically nets a result, a good yeah. result. And my hope is that everybody is getting these emails. And the emails aren't just join Run Club, join Run Club, join Run Club. We've reached out to this group. Many of the people listening to this have have given us a paragraph and a picture. And what we're doing is we're telling every day, we're telling somebody's different story. Yeah. And so we're hearing from moms we're hearing from single adults we're hearing from young people we're hearing from senior adults and it's to let the people know getting the emails that there's space for everybody in here walkers runners slow fast you know whatever so if if you're getting these emails you're going to continue the best way to stop getting the emails is either unsubscribe and i know you're not going to do that or join run club you'll stop getting them once you join run club then you'll get all the cool emails that everybody gets that's right so uh so yeah we're doing the countdown too we're uh maybe (laughs) maybe that came from mary subconsciously i saw i heard saw her doing that and thought we needed to do that and the excitement level as well because she's you can you can feel the excitement in her post yeah Yeah, you can just feel it it's pretty awesome i love it mary maybe maybe you're the one that inspired the countdown that maybe you're to blame for all the emails everybody else is getting (laughs) I'll send them. I'll send them her phone number. But uh, but no, I mean we do it for a reason. We do it because we believe in what we're doing here, and we want we want people to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. She talks about running negative splits, and I I the splits that she had they were they're pretty consistent mm-hmm. in this particular run, and 
You know, I take I take being able to run at even pace or or negative splits or whatever. I take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my runs are negative split runs. Um, a matter of fact, probably ninety percent of my easy runs are negative split runs if I'm running by myself. Um, and I take it for granted mm-hmm. that for some people that's a breakthrough sure. uh, to be able to do that. And uh, it's it's pretty cool to see people recognize that as a breakthrough too. Um, and the excitement that comes from that. Um, yeah, we've got a, excuse me, we've got a college girl right now who's, I wasn't looking, I wasn't looking for much from her this year. It was like, she was going to be on the team. Hopefully she was going to improve and she was going to be able to contribute in the future. Um, and I really thought we had 10 ladies, the top seven are the ones that, that count. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I figured she was going to be one of the last one or two. And, uh, well, she surprised me and she's done such a great job. She's been our number seven runner pretty much all year. Um, and what's weird about her is I had been coaching her for years. And so, um, she's, she's not new to me, but the difference is she's running with a whole different set of people Mm -hmm. and that running with a different set of people changed her mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, She's run a minute and a half faster this year than she's ever run before. Uh, and and I say that to say this. The look on her face when she realizes what she's done is so priceless. The look on all these faces, the, the thought, <clears throat> Mary doesn't have to put her face on here. Sure. You can see it in the words, right? Yeah. And the excitement. And I just love this reaction when somebody just gets it and it's exciting. Where's Mary from? She's got to be from the South because I see a y'all in there. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm so bad with remembering things like that. But I'll, I'll figure that out before this podcast yeah, is over. Yeah. Um, trivia question from last week. This one was a little bit different than the ones we've had before, but uh, the, the question was name three reasons or more why professional running times are better today than they were 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I thought it might lead to some people going out there and kind of doing a little bit of research and trying to figure out, I wonder why people are faster is it? Cause I think that what people assume is, well, it's all the, in the training methods mm-hmm. that we have today. And, and there's probably some of that, that, that I would accept that as one of the answers. Although I will tell you this, I think I've told this story on here before, but it bears repeating. Do you know that horses have not gotten any faster in the past 50 years? Really? Yes. Oh, like, like horse racing? Like horse racing. Horses are no faster than they were 50 years ago. Hmm. And it's interesting to me because what what that tells us, I think, that, I think what that tells us, now there may be other explanations, but this is my interpretation of that, is horses don't think about getting faster. Horses are trained to run faster. Sure. But all of the all of the nutrition and all of these training methods and everything haven't really led to them being any faster. The record for the Kentucky Derby is still held by Secretariat from yeah. 1973. Yeah. Um, it, I think what that tells us is the difference and the most important reason why people have gotten faster is all in the six inches it's between our ears. It's yeah. a mindset. It's <clears throat> believing what we can do. And that tells you how, how important it is. There are some other things. I think the super shoes 
in this day and time, I think have made a difference, particularly for the professional athletes. Um, tracks, we were talking about Jim Ryan here not too long ago. Jim Ryan ran on a cinder track. Mm-hmm. Well, today's track's way faster than a mm-hmm. cinder track. Um, more people run these days than used to run it's more popular to run so what you wind up with is a bigger pool well if you got a bigger pool then you're more likely because there's probably people from the 1950s who were really really fast runners but they never knew it because they never did it sure and i'm sure there's still some of those today but the pool is bigger today um of course nutrition um is, is one of those things and understanding how our body works um focusing on small strength training i think is something that's helped make us a little bit faster when i say small strength training i'm not talking about like core work and stuff i'm talking about people who spend extra time strengthening their ankles Mm -hmm. because it makes them better runners and uh, i think that's had an impact on it and then um as i said the mental side i think is probably the number one reason why we're faster today you know what didn't make your list that most people think would make your list and most people will argue that it should make your list but i agree with you it shouldn't make the list did I say list enough there? <laughs> training plans. Yeah. Principles of training. Coaching a training plan. That really hasn't changed. The principles are solid and they've been there for years and years and years. The idea is that you need to pick one and you go with it and then implement all these other things. Mm-hmm. And that's the sick consistency over time. We say it a hundred times on here. Um, but I, I was... When I saw when I saw that question, I, I scrolled down to see if training plans made your list because, you know, th- that's a big industry nowadays. Training plans and and we have training plans, mm-hmm. but they're not rocket science. That's right. They're they're just like any others you can find online. The problem is is when you as an athlete or, you know, athletes we coach, they try to start saying. Well, I want to do this part of yours, and but I saw this other thing on Google. I want to do that, and I heard this from another guy. And it's that's where things go off the rails. That's right. You got to have you got to have one source of information that you're trusting in, because if the trust is there, then you can do big things. And I would say you're from the building industry. You can't take a set of blueprints for one house that you like, but this other house, well, it's got a better kitchen. So I want the kitchen from this these plans, sure. and I want to take the, the, the kitchen plans from this house and put them in this house. Sure. You can't do that. It's yeah. the same thing. Training plans are the same way. Training plans have an overarching – there's a, there's a purpose behind every workout there. Right. And so when you start pulling workouts in and putting other workouts in, then, then you're changing that and, it, and they don't fit together. And it's just about as useful as trying to put a different kitchen in your house than the training plan, than the, than the plans have. It ain't going to work. Right. So, yeah, it's a good hmm. point. All right. Hey, we're, we're uh, still bearing down. We got a bunch of folks signed up for the Coaching the Marathon Challenge Challenge. But there's a bunch more out there, aren't there? There are a bunch more out there. So we're about a month away at this point, and uh, we want you to get outside your comfort zone. We're going to talk about this more in our story. It's funny how all these things tie together sometimes. Uh, but we want you to step outside your comfort zone and do this. So what what am I talking about when I say do this? We want you to facilitate, lead, coach, instruct, whatever word you want to put there we want you to do this in your community it's very simple 
and think about think about what you're doing. You're getting your community active. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's great accountability for your training because you know if you're the coach, <laughs> there's no better accountability than doing that right there. But we're telling you, we're, we're telling everybody to keep it simple. You know, yeah. don't don't overthink this. Don't overdo it. There, there's there's just a few simple steps. Number one, promote it. Yeah. We if you if you log into your run for God account, your run club account, go log in, click on the coaching tab. We give you three simple steps. Number one is promote. We give you all the tools and the resources to start blasting this out in your community and saying, hey, go to runforgod.com, sign up and meet me at wherever on January whatever to get this process started. The first meeting, honestly, the first night that we are leading is more of an informational session. It's going to be telling people who may not know anything about it. They just showed up to your house or to your church or whatever. We're going to be walking them through the process. Um, Ask people to sign up, find a place to meet, show a video, go run. It's really that simple, Dean. Yeah. You know, I I don't want this to sound like an infomercial, but wait, there's more. (laughs) But there's not more. There's not more. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. it's that simple. It's it's promote people sign up, find a place to meet, show a video, go run, and it really is that simple. Well, let me hit this from a different angle, okay? You and I, we're working pretty hard to put these things together. We're working right? really hard. Right? We're working hard <laughs> yeah. to put all this stuff together, and you don't want to hurt our feelings. No, I know people don't want to hurt our feelings. Right. So yeah. you want to be involved in this and support what we're doing just because you don't want to hurt our feelings. I'm exactly sure. right. That's <laughs> now, there's one other thing we need people to do. We need we need you to take that step. You know, true boldness is, is putting your faith into action, right? So we need you to go log in, go to the coaching tab, and add your class to the website, add your, your coaching session, your city, whatever to the website. That way people can see, Hey, Huntsville, Alabama, there's a class. I'm going to be there. That way people can know who you are. We we've got some contact information on there for you. As much as you want to put, they can reach out and say, Hey, I want to be a part of this. You say, go sign up for run club and meet us on this night. It really is that simple, Yep. but here's the heart of it. We know that there have been thousands at this point. Yeah. Thousands at this point of people who have come to the foot of the cross Mm. through this program. Yeah. Every step, there's four steps next year. There's the 5k, the 10k, the half marathon, the marathon, every step. We're about to record one of those steps here in just an hour or two. Every step has your testimony and the plan of salvation. Yep. It's a game changer. It's not just a running club. Yes, running is what we do. It's 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 how we have fun with this. It's getting active, it's getting fit, but it's not who we are. Yeah. Who we are, who Run for God is, is a ministry that that brings people to the foot of the cross through the sport of running and parallels faith and endurance and brings people who may have never run to their first 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, but also to the foot of the cross. That's the ultimate goal. And we want you to join us this January. Also going on right now is the run club gift box. You know, we don't have one sitting here today, but, um, but for a one year membership right now, you can buy a gift box that has the hoodie. It's got the one year membership gift code. 
It's got the gift box and it's got the bumper sticker all for the price of one year of Run Club. You get it in the mail, wrap it up. We're, we're first part of December right now. You can finish all your shopping that quick. Boom. Get it for your whole family. Get it for those you love. Get it for all those people that are wanting to join Run Club and, and do this challenge next year. Buy five of them, you get one free. Makes it even a better deal. But, uh, but yeah, we're just excited and we're just trying to spread that excitement. And uh, we're daring you. Yeah. We're daring you to do this with us in January. Not only Not only take it with us, but teach it with us. Yeah. in your community so go sign up today get involved if your teen is into rock and metal music that makes your ears bleed and your grandmother clutch your pearls we can help if your spouse yearns for music from the old days and wants to relive the music of their glory years we can handle that if you need a break from the day to spend time with god and recognize his goodness we'd love to be a part of that whether it's rock and metal classic songs from decades past or heartfelt worship music j radio has you covered sign up for an account at jradio.com and download the app in your app store to start listening for free today All right, we're back. And, you know, you can send messages to me at dean at runforgod.com if you have questions about what, whatever it is, running related, anything that you think that I might have uh, some answers to or some insight on. And I don't know everything, but I can find stuff out and I have resources and I know people. And uh, so I can find some things out. You know people. I know people. Yeah. That yeah. sounds impressive. Well, you know. Well, listen. <laughs> I, well, you know, you remember the song Hank Williams sang, you know, the whole I got friends in low places. I know people. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I was. I honestly didn't even think you would know that song. I was born in New Jersey. So, uh, you know, there's no telling who I may have ties to. That that uh, that actually wasn't Hank Williams. That was Garth Brooks. It was Garth Brooks who did Garth that. Brooks, yeah. Well, there you I go. I knew you wouldn't know that. No, I have no idea. <laughs> you know me. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's. I had to sing it in my head for just a second. I was like, that doesn't sound right. So I had to sing it in my head, and I figured it. It's Garth Brooks. Uh, sorry. Well, you know, <laughs> my brother is going to kill me. My brother's a huge Garth Brooks fan. Really? So yeah, he'll 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 kill me. That's all right. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> So, so how many runners and walkers do you think we're going to have at the beginning of this this year? You know, I don't know. I really don't. We we didn't ask that question when people registered. Maybe we should have. Um, yeah. But we haven't actually we haven't actually opened up the registration for the class yet. You know, right. We, we don't do that until late December, early January. Right now, we're just getting people into the system, and then we'll start to segment who is actually doing the Couch to Marathon next year because we don't want to blow everybody's email up. Who's not doing that program they're just in the club so maybe we'll include that question because i would like to know that yeah how many of these people going forward are walkers how many are runners yeah um i'm having a ball yeah walking i want i told you before i got in here because we're so busy getting this ready for all y'all all y'all um <laughs> we're getting this program ready for next year one, yesterday was one of those days where i got out to do my walkout and i'm being transparent here got one mile done and i thought it's not happening I just had so much on my mind and I came back in here and I didn't get my workout in yesterday, but I'm getting it so in as soon as we get done today. here. Yeah. 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 But I mean, we all have those days, right? We do. You know, we do. So, um, so yeah, I'm having a ball with it. I think, I think we're going to have a lot of walkers for sure. Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting. Yeah. 
You know, we worry when things don't go just right, don't we? And we're just kind of talking about that. This goes right into this week's story. Um, sometimes we just have to modify the plan, which is what you're doing. Well, this week's story talks about that. It comes from Julie Wicker. If you're on the Facebook page, you know you know the name, Julie mm-hmm. Wicker, for sure. Um, and this one's called Taking a Detour with God. Life is busy, especially with two seniors, church activities, and work. I was not expecting life to come to a complete stop when our family went through COVID. Praise God, we had minor symptoms, but for nearly two weeks, life stopped. My husband and I rode bikes, and I would walk the treadmill. It set me back a few weeks in the Run for God Half Marathon training plan. I was just thankful to be healthy, to have breath in my lungs, and be able to return to running with no setbacks. I learned not to take running for granted and to appreciate the bike rides into the sunsets and the change of pace. This interruption gave me a new desire to train for the marathon. I found Godwinks in the full moon sky and friends cooking for us. I enjoyed lunchtime naps in the hammock and tried to be intentional with listening to my body. Back to the half marathon training plan. I picked up with running long runs at 8, 9, and then 10 miles. My local Run for God group had been raising money for the American Cancer Society in honor of breast cancer, so I decided to dive in and go for the half marathon after training 10 miles. It was a beautiful 13.1 miles of prayer and worship. I ran solo in my neighborhood. When I started to get tired, I heard God say, There's another in the fire. Look! I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. That's from Daniel 3.25. God was there with me when I was starting to feel weak. I didn't PR, but came close to meeting the same time I ran in my first half marathon in 2019. It wasn't about awards or accolades. It was about the journey and the joy I found in the process. As the training plan advises, I took a week off. Once again, I had to learn to be still. It's hard for me to rest. I took this week as an opportunity to get back into the habit of doing my planks, which felt great. Often, I would find myself missing running instead of just enjoying the time of rest. I decided to do some planning and map out my next training plan. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. That's Proverbs 16, 3. For various reasons, I had decided to push out my marathon until March. This would give me 18 weeks to train versus the 13-week training plan provided. With the upcoming hustle and bustle of the Thanksgiving Christmas seasons, I am excited to be able to spend extra time on certain weeks. I feel good about it and trusting in God's perfect plan. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That's Proverbs 3, 3 trust. One of the reasons I had decided to put off my marathon included some screening tests that warranted follow-up diagnostic tests. I am claiming and praying for good results. I know I'm in the Lord's hands. I know there are so many out there experiencing setbacks, whether it's injuries, sickness, or just life. I heard God speak the following verses to me. The Lord is my shepherd. I I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Of course, that's Psalm 23, 1 through 3. Derailed for a moment, but not diverted, just taking a detour with God. 
Whatever your setback is, trust that God has a plan. Be intentional in listening to what God is speaking to you. Each season has a valley and a mountaintop. Both are equally important. We tend to draw closer to God during the valleys. We can compare our training to the, to the valley and our races to the mountaintop. Think about social media for a minute and how we only see the highlight reels of people's lives. Those that are following us see the races we have completed and the medals we have won. They see the mountaintop experiences we're feeling. What they don't always see is the trenches, the valleys, the training it took to get there. I think the off week is not only to reset physically, but also mentally. I admit some days I'm just trying to check off the next run and not enjoying the process. Although I say running is my therapy and I find joy in the journey, sometimes life gets busy and the plan can just feel like another task on the to-do list. Anxious thoughts while waiting on tests and results. Anxious thoughts as I move closer to running my marathon. It seems more like a nightmare than a dream at this point. I have used this week to rekindle that desire and dream that, that, and dream that God placed in my heart. The passion I have for God in running uh, parallel in that I use my time of running for prayer and worship to draw closer to God. Often Jesus retreated to get away and pray. I share a blog with my friend Deborah that is called Water Walkers. We picked that name because our favorite pastor and author, Mark Batterson, often talks about water walking. It is also based on Matthew fourteen twenty nine when Peter walks on water. To get us out of our boat and walk on water is to step out of our comfort zone, to step boldly into God's plan. How about getting into the boat, to retreat, to get away? So they went by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. That's Mark six thirty two. My running is my getaway with God. It's my solitary place. We must first get into the boat to be able to get out of the boat and walk on water. Hmm. I like that idea of getting in the boat. I don't. We always talk about getting out of the boat. We always talk about the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to get in the boat. That's right. Before you can get out of the boat. Yeah. That's that's a pretty. It's a uh, lot to think about. It is. I thought I'd exhausted everything there was to 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 think about on that uh, that story. That, that yeah. parable and uh that's like a whole new way to look at it i love it scripture passage one commit to the lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans that's proverbs sixteen three. you know i <clears throat> always read these verses I, when i'm when i'm going through this and um she she pulled this out of the niv i used the new king james and in new king james it says it uses the word thoughts instead of plans and that just helps me understand that God wants to be involved on the ground floor. Yeah. You know, we, we, even before plans, which I know it's kind of the same thing, but thoughts to me precede plans. So many times we, we think about plans, we make plans and then we take them to God. That's not how God works. Yeah. God, God wants to be involved on the thinking side. You know, every, everything starts with our thoughts. Yeah. And if God is with us at that point, um, that's that's kind of what he's getting at here. He, wa- he wants to be involved at that point, not on down the road when we've kind of made a mess of things. Yeah. And we say, God, will you please bless this now? Um, he, he wants to be involved a 
up front. Or will you help me get out of this mess that I created <laughs> Which is, because yeah. I didn't listen to you on the front end? I've never done that. No. <laughs> just just what, once a week right. uh, yeah. or, or, or more. Uh, yeah, you know the verse, um, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. You know, if, we, if that's the way we really, really do things, because um, I think we sometimes on, on this podcast, we've drawn a distinction between doing our plan and doing God's plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the truth is, is that often that area is a little grayer. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't have a clear direction from God. We feel like or or there's something we know we have to do, you know, as part of our job, whatever our job is. Sure. You know, we, we have to do our job. Right. But what I, I like about this and both the verse the from Proverbs that she shares and the verse from, um, I think it's 2 Corinthians, um, the those two verses say, well, no matter where I am and no matter what I'm doing, I've got a job to do. And that job may be really simple. Mm-hmm. You may work on an assembly line putting, you know, I used to work in a carpet mill where people used to put little swatches of carpet on these boards mm-hmm. and that's what they did for the most part all day long. Well, what can you do while you're doing that to honor God, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do. And mm-hmm. I, and I think that, uh, God will show us a plan. He'll show us something where we can use putting those carpet swatches on that board and how we can use that to glorify him. It's, it's, it's ministry. Listen. Yeah. It's yeah. ministry where you're at. Yeah. 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 Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. I can't even say that without without with a straight face. <laughs> because this is so hard for me. I just I want to do everything myself. And I was just talking with somebody last night. Um and, and I was telling them how you've seen me go through this before and you don't have this problem. You and I are completely different in this, in this respect. We get through with a high school race Mm -hmm. and you got this big tent, Mm -hmm. a huge, heavy tent. And I start taking the tent down and people are standing around and nobody's helping. And what do I do? I just, I just get mad about it and I just keep taking the tent down. Do I look at somebody and go, Hey, would you help? No, no, you would go. You got 20 kids standing yeah, around. You go, hey, you get over there on that pole. You know, and I, and I don't, I don't know why I don't do that, but I don't do that instead. Uh, and it's my own fault. And that's I've, kind of, I've seen you doing that before. Yeah. I've, I've witnessed it. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the, this whole idea of trusting, leaning on our own understanding is I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather do it my way. And, and just and get frustrated that nobody noticed what I was doing than to ask somebody. I think help. there was a race last year, maybe it was the <laughs> year before, and I think it was up in Chattanooga, somewhere up there. And I remember you talking when we got the, you and I got there early and we were getting the tent out and setting it up, and you were belly aching already <laughs> before the meet had even started. Nobody ever helps me take this thing down, and I'll never forget you were, had walked off somewhere at the end of the meet. And I had all the kids. Yeah. We had that thing picked up and loaded in your truck in like five minutes. And you come back and you're like, where's the tent? <laughs> Just showing you. Get, you put these kids to work. They'll do it. Yeah, yeah. And you're right. And, you know, there's uh, we got a, a, one of the fathers this year kind of took the lead on that a lot this year. Yeah. And would do that. He would yeah. gather folks around and get it 
get it all put up. Uh, I've got a guy on the uh, college team who he doesn't make it to every meet, but he's a coach at, yeah. a, at a high school in in uh, near Atlanta, and he's that way. He's like, T- just just lay the stuff on the ground. I'll take care of it because he understands mm-hmm. my side of things. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. but it, it goes back to this whole idea of of us just wanting to do things our way. Um, you know, God, we, we, we make this argument, God gave me a brain. Mm-hmm. He wants me to use it. <laughs> of course, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying don't use your brain, but sometimes we interpret this that way and we think of it that way. And I think that this is saying that we need to make sure that that our thoughts are guided by him, not that we're not, that we're not using our brain, but that as we go through our day, God is is putting little things there. He's showing us direction. Like I said, with the person putting the carpet swatches on the board, there's something there. There's something with maybe they maybe they need to share something with the person next to him, and God will. He just he gives us those things to do if we're looking for them. Well, and that's the thing about Proverbs three. You know, Proverbs three has five distinct sections. You know, we kind we kind of like to pull this one out. The yeah. trust in God. Yeah. Um, Proverbs three one is talking about learning from God. You know, if you if you have your uh, if you have a Bible that kind of has the headings in it, you know, the heading for chapter three is guidance for the young. Yeah. And you may think, oh, well, that's for kids. No, we're young. We're we're the young people here. No matter how old you are, if you're on this earth, you're young in God's eyes. So, verse one is talking about learning from God. Verse 5 is obviously the trust in God. <clears throat> you go to 7 through 9 is apply what you learn, because it doesn't matter how much we learn. If we don't apply it, it mm-hmm. it's, it's no good. Chapter or Verse 10 is talking about being blessed by God when you apply what you learn. But where you, you kind of, I see it in your notes down here, the part we don't like is verse 11 and 12 where it says, accept correction from God. You know, it said, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction for the for whom the Lord loves. He corrects. And we've got to be ready for that part, too, because we're not always going to get it right. We're going to run out of head sometimes. And, you know, you talk about in here that some some people will come up and ask for your thoughts on a training plan. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot of people out there. They just. They like to ask that question, but they're not going to change. They're not going to listen to what you say, no matter mm-hmm. what you say, yeah. no matter how long you've been doing this. <clears throat> but people come up and and ask there with a with a kind of with an open hand, saying, "Hey, Dean, I, I really want to know what you think." And sometimes you do say, "That's it's a good way to do it." Yeah. But other times you say, "You." You're about like me. You're you're brutally honest. Yeah. Probably to a fault sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But that's what the person's asking for. And that's what we should be asking for from God. You right. know, God, we we're, we're trying to do what you you want here. We know we're not always going to get this right. What do you want me to do? But so many times God will correct us and we don't like that. But and we so know we, that there's a benefit. We know he's doing it because he loves us. We we act like that first guy who is going to God and maybe even asking God, we have no intention of changing no matter what God says. And the arrogance is so thick there. And I yeah. say, that guy, that guy sometimes is me. Yeah. And it's like, ah, uh, you know, I, my God, I, I've got a better idea. 
<laughs> and, and I mean, what do we do when, when our kids come to us and ask us a question and they say, well, I've got a better idea. What do we do? We roll our eyes and we're like, okay, whatever, whatever, Lane. <laughs> <laughs> or Landon. <laughs> uh, um, but that's, I mean, God's not rolling his eyes, but I have that picture in my head. You know, yeah. when we go to God, when we're asking God to correct us, we need to be responsive to what he's saying because it's for our good. Yep. Be prepared to change direction. Yeah. If that's what he tells us. Sure. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his name's sake. Of course, everybody knows that is Psalms, Psalm 23. Those are verses 1 through 3. Um, a lot of people could just keep going mm-hmm. with that. They're, they're probably doing it right now while I'm talking. They're, mm-hmm. they're <laughs> finishing out the 23rd Psalm. Um, but this is kind of a a frame of reference idea right um when we're taking direction from god this says that we should be refreshed by what we get from god Mm -hmm. and oftentimes just as we just talked about that's not the way we take it we take it in a whole different we take it like our kids do when we correct them Mm -hmm. they get mad and huffy and you know, we may not get mad or huffy, but we may have an attitude towards it that's oh, not. I get that's, mad and huffy sometimes. Yeah, but it's less than it's less than. Well, God, if that's what I need to do, then that's where I need to go. Sure, because you, I'm trusting in what you say, and we should be refreshed by that thought. Um, he says, he 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 God leads me beside still waters and makes me lay down in green pastures. That's a picture of calm, mm-hmm. right? And we. <laughs> In this day and day and time, we don't like calm. We're just not. We're not. We're not all in on calm, right? Because uh, the world is so hectic around us. We got to be part of that hectic thing. But God, pretty clearly, tells us we need to be calm on occasion, at least. Well, and and that's calm with His guidance. You know, David wrote this psalm because he understood, and he wanted others in that day to understand the illustration. The illustration is we are the sheep in this illustration and the thing about sheep is sheep are extremely timid um sheep will not lay down unless they're 100 percent comfortable mm-hmm. with their surroundings and who's leading them and sheep are very afraid of running water i didn't know that till i did a little research today, but they're, they're afraid of running water so sheep cannot get comfort from their surroundings um but rather the shepherd uh, they they can't get comfort from their surroundings. They have to look to the shepherd, shepherd for comfort, and they have to keep focused on him to get comfort. Well, I mean that's that's a, I mean especially in today, it's hard to get comfort when you look around. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Turn on the news. Yeah. You know, it just it's hard to get comfort. But we we have a shepherd, God Jesus Christ, who. If we'll keep our eyes fixed on him and not the news, yeah, then we can have that comfort and that peace. You know, I've I've taught the past couple episodes that I've all but quit watching the news now. Yeah. And it really has made an extreme difference in just my psyche. Now I'm not saying everybody should quit watching the news. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, it really had me tied up in knots. And I've taken that out of my life. 
you know, I still, I catch about five minutes in the mornings now. You know, usually if I'm eating a bowl of cereal, I'll catch. And I don't even watch, I don't watch the talking heads that I used to watch. Yeah. I flip it over to the business section now. Because yeah. it's, at least it's a little more just facts. But even even there, it's getting so, Yeah. you know, just <laughs> who can cause the biggest splash or the biggest controversy or whatever. But we need to find those things that do give us that worry, that consternation. And we need we need to get rid of those things and focus on the one who does allow us to lie down in green pastures and walk beside running water, which I just love the illustration. And, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here's a question. Will you get in the boat with God so you can walk on water? You know, we did that Thursday night session, uh, get getting out of the boat, mm-hmm. and uh, again, I've ta- I've done that same thing multiple times and talked about getting out of the boat. We've all heard the sermon on getting out of the boat, but the truth is, you can't get out of the boat unless you get in the boat, <laughs> and I think that's a, a such a great point. And I have I've had this discussion with our our college ladies. Um, they're and I and when I think about it from that standpoint, they're getting in the boat is getting to the starting line. Getting out of the boat is, you know, once that race starts, it's 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 being willing to mm-hmm. hurt enough to push yourself. But getting in the boat is well, you get on the starting line with the belief yeah. that once the thing is out there and the storm starts raging, um, that and and. Jesus calls you out, you can walk on the water. You can you can do that hard thing. Yeah, and a lot of people may kind of interpret that as well, getting in the boat is salvation. That's that's not the way I look at it. I think I think getting in the boat is praying some of those dangerous prayers that you hear about. Too. It's it's um <clears throat> you know, I, I this is where you and I are like we we have a, a little bit of a problem with patience sometimes. And it's praying for patience because that's getting in the boat because yeah. we know that God doesn't give patience he gives you the opportunity to practice patience and so when we have the opportunity to practice the patience then that is getting out of the boat yeah and so so many times we don't want to get out of the boat right there (laughs) we we want to keep doing what we normally do which is lose our patience but that yeah i mean those getting in the boat in my mind is is praying for the things to happen that are going to get you outside of your comfort zone which is not comfortable. Yeah. But it's necessary. And I can't help but think about our society these days. I, I think a lot of times we we don't want to get in the boat because we don't want to be part of society. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever thought about living off the grid? I have, uh, actually. It, we've all thought about it, probably. <laughs> At some point in time, you've thought, man, just we're just Becoming a recluse. Yeah, just get away from everything because yeah. it's just so crazy. But the truth is, is we got to get in that boat daily. Yeah. Right. It's something, it's not a, it's not a one time thing that you get in the boat and, and you're in it for the rest of your life. It's every day you get up, you get in the boat Mm -hmm. and you're part of this world and this world is going to do crazy things. And there's going to be times where you got to do uncomfortable and out of the, you got to get out of the boat regularly. And the thing is, it's just like training. You get, you get better at it. You know, it's just like. We, we talked about athletes yesterday and some of the best athletes are, you know, the ones that have come up and say, 
what you got for me today, coach? Yeah. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Yeah. And those become some of the best athletes because they have that attitude. They have that frame of mind. And if we can get up and do that with God every day, give it to me, God, whatever you got, throw it at me. Yeah. You know, give me a hard one today. But we're so scared to do that. That's that's getting in a very tiny boat in a wide open raging sea. You know, those kind of comments. But we know God's got us. Yeah. If we'll just keep our eyes on him, like mm. Peter, you know, the minute we take our eyes off, that's when we start to sink. But if we'll keep our eyes focused on him, he's got us in this process. And, and yeah. Well, and anything that we do, I mean, you, when you're going to work, for example, you, you're not thinking about that you're getting in a boat. Sure. But the truth is when the disciples got in that boat, they weren't thinking about getting out of the boat. They were freshmen. They got a freshman fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> College on you my mind. You got cross country on your mind. Yeah. The, the, they're fishermen. And so they got in the boat all the time. This was just another time for them to get in the boat. But something crazy happened when they got in the boat this time. And I think it would behoove us all to think about every time, every, every day, if we're looking for opportunities mm-hmm. to get out of the boat, um, it could change the way we live our life every day. Like David Hendricks always used to say, I like to find where God's working and go there. Yeah. You know, we, you got to be looking. Yeah. You can't have your head down with blinders on and expect to see where God's working. You got to have your head up looking. Yeah. And you'll find it because he's working all around us. In every, all kinds of little situations around us. Yeah. Go there. Yeah. As uncomfortable as it may be, go there. Yep. Here's another question. What will you do with those anxious thoughts? I'm I'm big on uh, when I when I tell when there's an athlete who has trouble mm-hmm. and they're letting anxiousness get in the way of performance. Here's what I tell them: focus on the process. Don't focus on the over. Don't focus on the goal. Mm-hmm. Don't focus on beating somebody in particular. Focus on the process. Focus on here's what I'm doing for my warm up. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm doing for the first mile. Here's what I'm you know how how am I breathing while I'm running and focusing on the process takes those anxious thoughts in my mind takes those anxious thoughts away and and sometimes that's all we've got to do is we just have to we have to think about things in those terms. You know, that's because you can't do anything about the environment around you. Right. Yeah. And and that's where we get so balled up sometimes is we're thinking about what everything else that's going on, everything that we can't control, that's what we get focused on. Yeah. And yeah. the processes, like you said, are the things we can control. I thought about this as it relates to this question because I remember and I, I told the story on here about we had a college girl who she ran the steeplechase at the at the track meet in the spring and she did not want to run it. It was it was so far outside her comfort zone that it was scary mm-hmm. for her. It was literally terrifying for her to run that race. But she did it. And she it was it was great when she did. It was it was almost she finished dead last in the race. She might as well have finished first. <laughs> you know, with just the attitude she yeah. had coming across the line. And so fast forward a couple of months, and I'm going to go run a steeplechase. 
And I remember, I, you know, I've told the story. I didn't, I wasn't even going to practice the hurdles. I thought, well, how hard can it be? <laughs> you know, I've jumped over hurdles before. Well, I decided the week before I thought I saw somebody fall and I thought I better practice that. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, so I went and got a hurdle and I, the first time I ran up to that hurdle, I was like, holy cow, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Especially those hurdles. These yeah. things don't move. Well, yeah. And, and it's, I had all, I, you know, I've been coaching these girls mm-hmm. and the hurdles are 30 inches tall. Well, the 30 inches is no big deal. Well, the men's hurdles barriers are 36 inches. Mm. Well, that six inches may not seem like a lot. <laughs> it looks like a lot yeah. when you're running up to it. So anyway, it was really scary, but here's what I was able to do. I was able to look back at that girl who ran that steeplechase and say, boy, if she can do it, mm. I know I can do it because it, it was literally terrifying to her. And so here was an, and here's one of those times where getting over the anxious thoughts that you have that she had actually made a difference in someone else and what they were doing later on. I, don't know, I thought that was a, I thought that was a good way to look at both of those races and how they kind of interconnect and so many things that we have interconnect like that and we just i don't think we think about them so uh yeah it just changed the way i looked at things when when uh when i looked at what she was doing last question will you trust god in the detours and the planning you know i started really just kind of i parked on this question this morning because i started thinking about over the past 12 years of this ministry and you know we're called to boldly follow where god takes us you know we've got friends we know people who have god's taken them to africa um you know changing careers etc i mean we've we've both experienced that um you know i've said before that true boldness is putting your faith into action when the only thing you have to fall back on is what you claim to put your faith in Mm-hmm. that's that's the test of true boldness you know when holly and i quit our jobs to pursue this ministry we didn't have anything to fall back on yeah you know i i sold my construction business holly allowed her radiology license to expire and it was scary i'm not, I'm not sitting here patting ourselves on the back because we were terrified yeah. there's been plenty of times where we're like what what are we going to do it's it's been tough at times you know, the business I sold and now work part-time for is is exploding in a good way. Um, and, you know, I know there's some out there that wonder, I wonder if Mitchell regrets that. Because that's a valid question. You know, the business sure. I sold is now just, you know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's exploding. Yeah. It's 100% no. Yeah. And because I love what I do now, but more importantly, I can clearly see God's hand and all of this, and I know I'm right where God wants me. And there's a there's a piece in that that can't be explained. And this is this is kind of the crux of what I'm getting at is that when we is as frightening as things can be, it's hard to explain how you can have peace with so many unknowns out there. You know, I'm I'm the sheep that used to be afraid of everything around me. I mean, when I was part of that construction business, money was good, business was good, but it's like at every turn I was I was afraid of something. I was I was I was in an atmosphere, an environment that 
that wasn't God. Um, but more and more these days, I'm enjoying the the green pastures and the quiet waters. Yeah. I'm a work in progress, but I can look back and I can see progress. I, you know, I challenge everyone listening to this to step outside your comfort zone. You know, to to enact that true boldness. You know, maybe it's not quitting your job or moving to Africa. Maybe it's leading your community through the marathon challenge. Yeah. Um, it's it's those acts where we don't have anything. God works many times when the only other option is failure. Yeah. You know, when, when you go into something and it's it's either God's going to take over or it's going to fail miserably, many times that's where God works the mightiest because because we can't take any of the credit. You know, you yeah. and I have talked and we've said in the videos and the marketing that we can't take any of the credit for this ministry. Yeah. You and I are not smart enough to do what God has done here. True story. I wasn't even that great of a runner. You you weren't even that great of a rider when you started. It but God but we were but we were willing. Mm-hmm. And we were willing to to do that thing that would ultimately fail if God didn't get behind it. Who who in the world thought we would be sitting here 89 episodes later? Right. Who would have ever thought that 12 years later this ministry would still be going, but God. Yeah. Because honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't. Yeah. You know, that's that's maybe me of little faith, but we're a work in progress, and I can see my faith has grown more and more through the years, and that's where I say the more you do it, it's it's like it's like fitness. The more you do it, the better you get at it. I'm, I'm not great at it, but I'm better than I was 10 years ago, and there's extreme peace in that. Even though everything hasn't gone as planned through the years, yeah, there's extreme peace in knowing that God has got this. Yeah. If God wasn't in it, it would have would have closed the doors ten years ago. But God, and He proves it over and over again, and that leads to more trust. Sure, the more you see, the more you see God providing in those moments when it's it has to be Him. The more that the next time you have to get out of the boat the easier it is to take that step out of the boat because you realize, well, God's here. He is here. I know he's here. It's kind of like that athlete you're talking about. And and I assume I know which one you're talking about. You know, she trusts you Mm -hmm. to give her the right workout, to lead her down the right path when it comes to fitness and running and cross country. And then she has that breakthrough. And what happens the next time she comes back to practice? She's even more all in. Yep. And the trust is even deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's that's how it is with God. If if we'll trust him and and he'll lead us through that thing that may be hard. It yeah. may be tough. It may be you it may be one of those things that when you're in the middle of it, you're saying, Why God? Yeah. But when you get through it, guess what your attitude is? Give me another. Yep. Give me another. Yeah. And that's like I said, that's where that peace comes from because there's trust at that point. We we've experienced that we can trust God. We haven't just said we trust God, which is where the boldness comes into. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. 
Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we are back and I saw this crazy story and and I've got mixed feelings about it, but I don't know if you saw it, Hmm. but did you hear there's this kid from Michigan, a high school student, and he came through and he ran at the state meet. Now the state meet in Michigan is a tough course. It's not a PR course, Mm -hmm. but he ran a 20 something second PR and finished second at the state meet. As he came across the line, he used some foul language. Mm-hmm. He was very excited about what he did, and he he said some words that he clearly should not have said in his exuberance mm-hmm. over what he had done. Um, we saw it here a few years ago with Shalane Flanagan when she won the Boston, uh, Boston, the New, New York, York City Mar- yeah. Marathon. Um, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was an excitement, um, and although he didn't do it over and over again like Shalane did, but <laughs> but anyway. The rule is, and the rule is there, there's a rule that says that you can't use foul language on the course. And, of course, the rule is there because you don't want kids taunting other kids, and that's why the rule is there. It's not really, it's not as much of a language thing as it is uh, we need to all get along kind of thing. But it's a rule. So they disqualified him. And um, it's just, that's, that's tough. Here's a kid that has the best race he's ever had. He let something out, and I'm sure probably as soon as he let it out, he was like, oop, I probably shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on a Zoom call yesterday when I said something that wasn't terrible. <laughs> wasn't foul language. Wasn't foul language. Wasn't terrible, but I shouldn't have said it. <laughs> and I realized that my I wasn't on mute yeah. when I said it. Um, but, it, you know, it's just we, we all have those moments, and this poor kid. Well, listen to what happened. He handles it really well. The press comes to him. They talk to him. And he basically he said, I really, really hated that I put the officials in that position. It wasn't fair to them for me to have done that. You could tell he regretted it. Mm-hmm. He wasn't saying I apologize for it or anything like that. He was just saying, you know, gosh, I, I, I realized it was probably the wrong thing to do. And um, so he handled it really well, really gracefully. And then this is what you won't hear from the press. You haven't heard this anywhere. And I only know this because one of the ladies on my cross-country team is from Michigan. So she's on this group chat of probably 100 runners up there in the Michigan area that follow all this stuff. The guy that wound up being all state because of the disqualification, and I don't know how deep they go, but whatever the let's say that they go 15 deep and he was 16th, so he moves up to 15 because mm-hmm. somebody's disqualified ahead of him. That guy took he's a freshman, took his medal and brought it to the guy that was disqualified and gave it to him. Hmm. What a great attitude from a freshman hmm. uh, to have that that kind of a uh, an attitude towards it. See. I <clears throat> Especially now that you've explained it all, I think the officials made the right call. Yeah. And and here's why. Number one, we're talking about it. Number one, we're talking about the kid. Even the kid that, that used the foul language, we're talking about his character, how he, he, he took ownership of it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the kid who was in 16th, who made it to 15th, gave his medal. We're talking about all the – which which you're right. 
the news isn't going to tell you about all that. They mm-hmm. they just want to focus on the injustice that happened. Well, it wasn't injustice. It was justice. It was the rule. Right. The kid should have been disqualified because then it's a slippery slope. Right. The next year, a kid comes through and he's just using all kind of foul language just because that's how he talks and he don't. He's got a very. He's got the opposite attitude that this young man has. Well, then you can't disqualify him because right. you didn't. So there's that whole side of it. But what I like is it's, you've talked about when you were running one time and you said something to somebody out on the road that you shouldn't have said because a dog come after you. Their mm-hmm. dog their dog come after you and you said something that you look back now and you said, I shouldn't have said that. S- so much, so many God stories come as a result of when we make a boneheaded decision. Yeah. I mean, we've got David yeah. to talk about. But you you went back, you realized you were wrong, just like this kid, I'm sure, realized he was wrong. And you went back and kind of on your hands and knees and said, I, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And think of the impact that made on those people. Think about the impact that if this young man, even though he said he sh- something he shouldn't have said, he got disqualified. Think about what his attitude is saying to people all around the state of Michigan right now. Yeah. You know, Riley told you about it, I'm sure. Yeah. You, you've, got, you've got high school and college kids talking about it all over the place. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're talking about a bad story that became a great story because of grace, forgiveness, you know, humbleness. You know, you can, ha- you can be a humble person and say something you shouldn't say. Yeah, but this guy took his he took his punishment like a champ, yeah. and that's a great thing to talk about. So I I think in the end it was the right call, even though you kind of think. I mean, when I first read it, I was like, "That's a little harsh." Yeah, but you sit and you really dive in, and you start talking about it. I don't I don't think it was. Well, and in in the long run, your your point is is great. He's because in today's world. We're all offended at something. Everybody's upset, and it's nothing's fair. Right. Every, there's everybody thinks has a different definition of fairness, um, and the truth is, fairness is subjective. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you you had a kid who said, "Look, I just want to move past this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it happened. I did it. I shouldn't have done it. It's over, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want to move on." Well, it's kind of like a what's her name, um, Shikari. You know, in the Olympics, was that yeah. her name, Shikari? Yeah. Um, you know, she, she did something she shouldn't have done and she got, you know, pulled out of, of going to the Olympics. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of hers just cause her flamboyancy and all that. But in, in that, in that instance, I was because she took ownership of yeah. it. She said, hey, you know, and the media was all focusing on the injustice. Why did the AOC do or why did the Olympic committee do that? You know, all this stuff. But, she was she was just like this young man. She said, "You know, I did it, and, yeah. and I'm sorry I shouldn't have done it. Right, and I accept my punishment." Yeah, we there's a more. lot to be said for that. Yeah, we need more of that in this world. All right, it's time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this is an article that I wrote a few years ago about recovery, and so I thought we would just kind of rehash this. And it's called "Stop the Music." Press pause for recover, pressing pause for recovery. 
It doesn't matter if you run 28 marathons or a single 5K. One thing we all have in common is a need to recover. We've all experienced the dull pain of soreness derived from a session of intense or prolonged running. It may take a long interval session for some, while a simple five-mile run is more than enough for others. It all depends on your fitness level. We've all done it, or should I say overdone it. While the soreness brought on by a marathon is different from the soreness of short, intense running, the things we need to do to recover from each are the same. Of course, if you're a beginner, you haven't had the experience to know how your body reacts to the soreness, making it more difficult to gauge how much recovery you need. If you're not sure how much recovery you need, remember this. Too much recovery will not hurt you. Too little recovery could lead to major problems and some unanticipated time off from running. In order to reduce the extent and intensity of your soreness, it's important to introduce new elements to your training schedule slowly. For example, insert interval training into your preparation for a race that, uh, that begins three months from, from your race date. If you want to work your way up to running eight times 400 meters, you should start with something less. Maybe begin with four 400s or eight times 200 meters at the same pace uh, you'll want to complete the 400s. You want to ease into any changes to your training that increases the strain on your body. When you choose to run hard, make sure that you're warming up and cooling down. There are numerous studies that show that an adequate warm-up will lead to less injury and less soreness post-workout. You should never begin running hard right out of the gate. Warming up could mean simply walking before running if you're a beginner, or it may mean three easy miles and some dynamic stretching if you're a higher mileage runner. Another consideration is the cool down. Some studies suggest that the cool down is not important, while others show some benefits. My experience is that it makes me feel better. There are some general rules that apply to increasing your mileage. The most widely known general rule for increasing mileage is the 10% rule. Never increase your mileage more than 10% from one week to the next. In addition, if you're increasing your mileage each week for several weeks, insert a recovery week into your plan every fourth week. That recovery week will help your body adapt to the increased stress level. Decrease your mileage by 10 to 20% during the recovery week. Slow down and take it easy on your easy days. It's recovery. If your watch makes you run faster because you're watching your pace too closely, turn it off. There is probably no more important imperative than running easy on your easy days. I, t I talk to a lot of people who run their daily runs at nearly the same pace they run their 5K races. If that's you, you're probably running too hard on your easy days. Your easy runs should be a minute and a half to two minutes slower than your 5K race pace. After a race, recovery is even more important than a hard workout or a long run. A good rule of thumb is one easy recovery day for each mile raced. If you ran a 5K, your body needs three days to get back to normal. If you ran a half marathon, it will take your body about two weeks to recover completely. You can run, you can run on these days but make sure those runs are easy. After the run, there are some things that you can do after a run that contribute to a more rapid recovery. Most importantly, get plenty of rest. When you, when you run, you are producing tiny tears in your muscles that are repaired while you're sleeping. If you don't get enough sleep, the muscle restoration may not be sufficient. Our goal is to build those running muscles stronger as the process progresses. If we don't give it enough time, we will only break them down more on the next run. 
foam rollers and massagers have become increasingly popular. As your muscles are rebuilding, blood flow uh, becomes very important to bring nutrients to the muscles and take the toxins away. Massaging with foam rollers, stick rollers, balls, vibration devices, or with a hands-on masseuse will force blood into, into and out of the muscle and speed recovery. Many elite runners perform some type of massage after every run. You may know someone who sings the praises of ice baths and you may think they're crazy or maybe you've tried them yourself. Many runners take regular ice baths, especially after long runs, to aid in recovery. Some studies suggest they don't work, but there's a lot of subjective evidence for their effectiveness. Diet. You can help to jumpstart the muscle rebuilding process by eating the right things after you run. The optimal window to begin the process is within 30 minutes of completing your run. Aim for about 300 calories or less with a mix of carbohydrates to protein ratio at about 3 to 1. Those calories can come from food or drink. The importance of these calories goes up with the intensity and or duration of your workout. The harder you work, the more important it is to start the muscle rebuilding early. Your overall diet can impact the soreness from running too. A diet rich in antioxidants and omega-3 will allow your muscles to fight off the free radical damage that occurs during running. The best source for antioxidants is from fruits and vegetables. For more natural omega-3s, eat plenty of fish and nuts. Don't forget that drinking enough water is also important to recovery. When your body is dehydrated, it slows the recovery process. There are many studies that attempt to explain how much we should drink, and they do not all come to the same conclusion. From a practical standpoint, though, there are two things to understand. Number one, drink when you're thirsty. And number two, gain an understanding of how much you sweat when you run by weighing yourself before and after runs. Aim for replacing about 75% of that weight while you run. There is a lot of speculation about caffeine, too. Some say that it is a diuretic and the amount that you drink has to be subtracted from your overall fluid consumption. While one study by heat and hydration expert Larry Armstrong, Ph.D., author of Exertional Heat Illness, suggests that caffeine is no more a diuretic than water. In addition, a 2007 study at the University of Illinois found that regular coffee drinkers felt less sore after exercise when they consumed caffeine before the workout. Like anything else, some caffeine will not hurt you. However, if caffeinated beverages make, make up most of your fluid intake, you should probably cut back. Active recovery. There are alternatives to running. For example, swimming is a great way to keep your cardiovascular system in top shape without stressing the running muscles. Of course, that allows the running muscles to recover more quickly. Find an alternative that you can enjoy apart from running, and you'll benefit from it. A final thought. When you're recovering, be careful to consider the feeling in your legs rather than your level of enthusiasm. We have a tendency to think we feel better than we, than we think we do when we're working hard to improve. Be smart and always cheat on the side of more recovery. The Bible says in Joshua 1.8, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. He tells us that we have to do according to what is written. I think we all focus on what we should do, but how often do we focus on meditating in it day and night? 
In order for us to carry out God's word, we have to let it strengthen us through study and listening to him. When we do that, the next verse, Joshua 1, 9, applies. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hmm. You know, the thing that stuck out to me the most in that <clears throat> is is your level of, of hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. You um, you talk about how beneficial swimming is to running, but yet you don't swim anymore. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Nor will I. So, uh, I mean, yeah. triathlon was firmly in your future, and you talk about the benefits of it, but we can't seem to get you to sign up for another triathlon. Well, you know, the, 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 the word benefit is... It, it depends on how you look at the word benefit. So, It doesn't fit, benefit you if you're drowning. Physically, <laughs> it would benefit me to swim. Mentally, it <laughs> destroys me. So, <laughs> so no swimming for me. <laughs> I'll try some other things. Point taken. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to recover in order to get benefits of training. Sure. And we've talked about that before in different areas. Um, if we train like a madman... And you just go all out on our training, and we never take the time to recover. Then it doesn't matter how hard we train, right? It's probably going to wind up hurt. And you know, a couple things. One, you say it all the time. Most people don't get faster because they don't run hard enough when it's time to run hard, and they don't run easy enough when it's time to run easy. You talk about a person who they run about their five k pace mm-hmm. in their training runs, and that's great. But if if you if you run, say, a 10-minute pace is, is kind of your race pace, and all your runs are at 10-minute pace, guess what pace you're going to be running one year from now? 10-minute 10 10 minute pace. pace. And so th- that's that's the secret is you you got to run hard to tear those muscles up really bad and kind of put an extreme example on it, and then you've got to run really easy to help speed the recovery of building those muscles back. But – so many people just can't get that. And, um, but that's, that's just one of the simple secrets. I mean, it really is simple yeah. to getting faster. It is simple for sure. And you know, our, our time with God is kind of the same way. Kind of, we kind of wrap that up that way. And in, in that, that whole thing, um, we soak up a bunch of sermons, right? Mm-hmm. We go, we listen to sermons, but do we take time to really think about them? Do we contemplate what they mean? Um, and if we don't, did we really get anything from them? Mm-hmm. And we get a lot of knowledge from a lot of different sources. You know, some of that sermons, we listen to podcasts, um, you know, we go to Bible studies, uh, and, and all of those things are all great. Mm-hmm. It's all great knowledge. But it doesn't become wisdom unless we figure out how to apply those things and think mm-hmm. about those things. And uh, that's kind of the bottom line behind behind training. You, you, if you don't, if you don't take time to let that stuff soak in and let it marinate and let your muscles recover and, and get better and repair themselves, it's the same thing as going to watch a sermon and then just going to. Denny's <laughs> and having lunch and forgetting about it. Yeah, I mean, knowledge comes from learning. Wisdom comes from doing. Yeah, and you know, like right now, I'm I'm walking. I and I have a I have a lot of knowledge about running and how to get faster, but that's not doing me any good because I'm walking right now, yeah. which is fine. You know, that's that's what I'm choosing to do. 
but you it's one thing to know all this stuff. It's one thing to know every word that's in this book, the Bible, but it's a whole different thing to take that knowledge and put it into action. And, you know, that's, that's where wisdom comes from. It comes from the school of hard knocks. You're not going to get it all right every time, but the more and more you do it and the more you mess up, the wiser you're going to become. For sure. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. So we're back and we're going to say it one more time. We said it at the beginning of this episode. We want you to become a run for God coach this January. Go get five, 10, 15 people in your community. Uh, put it out there on your Facebook page. Hey, I'm going to be leading a local couch to marathon uh, challenge in our community starting this January. And I think you'll be amazed at how many people will cautiously reach out to you and say, <laughs> Hey, I, I'm kind of thinking about this. And then that's your opportunity to be an encouragement. Yeah. Um, don't don't overcomplicate it. We've already talked about that. The gift boxes, uh, great Christmas gift. Go out there. Just go to runforgod.com. Check out the, the gift boxes on there. You can log in and check out the coaching tab to find out more about that. But we want you to be a part of our team starting this January. Uh, get on board. Well, I read a story recently about Perez uh, Jep Chircher. She's the one that just won the New York City Marathon. She's also the Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. And she was greeted at the airport by a raucous crowd. Now, can you imagine that happening in the United States? A runner being greeted by a raucous crowd. What does raucous mean? I've never heard that word. Really? No. Uh, just a wild crowd, just a you know so enthusiastic, it, yeah, you know, okay. like like a parade, okay, kind of thing. I got gotcha. you, and uh, yeah. So I, I didn't know if they were throwing rocks at her or if they were <laughs> celebrating her. With that word. Uh, so this this is a, this are, these are some quotes she had. Um, Jeff Cheerchir said she was not thinking of winning, but she was hopeful that she would do her best in New York. And so this is what she said. When I was at the 27 kilometer mark, I saw Viola Lagat and slowed the pace to wait for her. When she caught up, she told me the race was getting tougher, but I encouraged her. We soldier on because when we are done with 35 kilometers, no one would catch up with us. She said, we kept on encouraging each other and I'm happy for Viola because it was her marathon debut and she fought well. Hmm. I think that's cool. What a sportsman. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that point. I watched the race. I remember that point in the race. where, And they were talking back and forth the whole race. Really? I mean, just about to the finish line. And, uh, yeah, Perez, she was obviously not feeling bad because she just ran away from him in the last little bit. But, but it was cool that uh, Viola, who is the sister 
of Bernard Lagat. I was wondering if they were related. Yes, they are related. And so... Um, Man, there's a pedigree in that family. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. But anyway, yeah, so she, she was... She was she, but she's being helpful to somebody else, and I think that was pretty cool for her to do that. And then her father said this. Her father's name is Paul Kipkoich Chepkwony. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Uh, was lost for words following his daughter's exploits. I am grateful to God and all those who have been supporting my daughter's talent, which manifested itself while she was still a student. She used to run to and run and from school each day, and this shaped her athletics prowess. Hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine somebody from the United States? Well, you know the way that the way that he got so good was that he ran back. He ran to school and and back home every day. Uh, that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but what's cool here is that the canyons and and everything that I, I I could I could pull out my phone right now and show you messages I got from Kenyans and a lot of their. A lot of their messages to me end with "God bless you." Hmm. Really? Uh, yes, they are. It's a. They seem to be a really good Christian nation, and so uh, wow. makes me want to support Kenyan runners even more. Yeah, as if I didn't already want to yeah. support them. <laughs> so, uh, and this press Jep cheer cheer. Now I'm like, I, I can't help but love her. You know, with this kind of attitude that she's got. All right, so how about a trivia question for this week? Um, how about this one? This one's kind of different than the ones we've I think we've asked in the past because this one really requires you to. Uh, I don't, there's not a definitive one answer for this, mm-hmm. but there's there are some clear answers. So here's the question: What is the purpose of running faster than race pace in training? You know, we do that. Our plans have us running at paces that are faster than we're going to run our 5K or marathon Mm -hmm. or whatever. What's the purpose in running faster? I mean, why aren't we training for that at that pace, right? So what is the reason? Many people do. Many people do. (laughs) But it's not the right way. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And when you have the answer to that, be the first one to send that answer to dean at runforgod.com, and you'll win a really cool run club box that includes a T-shirt. So you have to include your T-shirt size as well. And you've got to send it to dean at runforgod.com, not Facebook Messenger, not customer service at runforgod.com. It has to be dean at runforgod.com. So we know who gets us the answer first. That's right. That's right. Also, send us your address with that so that we can be sure that your address in our system is correct and we get it to the right place. All right. Every week I share a reason why running is so awesome. Um, And here's the reason for this week. I don't know if you ever thought about this from a running perspective, but it changes the possible. Hmm. Right. So after you become a runner, you realize that things that once seemed impossible now they're like, well, you know what? I didn't think I could run a half marathon, but I did. We so, hear that all the time from yeah. people. And it's it's not just the running things become possible. It becomes yes. the other things mm-hmm. in their lives that they realize, oh, I could I could do that. Yeah. Because you see somebody else do it and you realize, well, if somebody else ran a half marathon. Oh, look at there. I can do it too. Mm-hmm. I thought I couldn't. Oh, I ran oh. a half marathon. I can go sit for that job interview or whatever yeah. it is. I mean, yeah. it gives you the confidence to be more outgoing. Yeah. Yep. Motivational thought of the week. This one comes from Leonardo da Vinci. I have been impressed with the urgency of doing, 
Knowing is not enough. We must apply. Being willing is not enough. We must do. I like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. It kind of goes with a little bit of what we were talking about today. It does. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Leonardo da Vinci. That's uh, that, that quote's been around for a little while. <laughs> All right, everybody, you're doing a great job. Just keep it up. Keep it up. I love reading all the, the cool stuff on the Facebook page. Keep that up. Keep supporting one another. Um, keep sharing Jesus out there wherever you go. Absolutely. And may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.